Welcome to the Gen Seed Podcast, Episode 3, The Importance of Routines, Daily Goals, and How to Develop Guaranteed Consistency. Guaranteed. Guaranteed. Uh, I'm your host, Ren. I'm your co-host, Mateo. Let's get right into it. Let's do it. So, uh, obviously, our topic today is routines. I know this is something, this was this was mainly your idea to focus on something you care about a lot. Yeah, um, I mean, after discussing New Year's resolutions in our previous episode, I think the next step in a news resolution would be developing a solid routine. And that can be a daily routine, that can be a morning routine, that could be a night routine. Any form of structure in your life that is allowing you to get closer to your goals and what you want to do. Mm-hmm. I think that um, not necessarily routine, I know routine is important to you, but daily goals, I think for me especially, have right. yep. necessarily, like if you don't have structure, I know a lot of people struggle with structure. Even if you don't have structure, you find the beauty in chaos and you set daily goals that you reach or don't reach right. and then you adjust and evaluate yourself, which coming through a lens of stoicism, you're always self-evaluating. You're always right. self-approving of your activities. And if you don't, then there's something that you know you shouldn't be doing right. or you need to work on. And and that's that's why a routine is good is, be, is because with habits and it's, it's scheduled time in your day, very structured time where you can practice and build the good habits break the bad ones, develop, change your brain. The neuroplasticity, the neuroplasticity aspect is huge. You're changing the way you think. You're changing the way your brain wakes up and is like, I need to get on my phone. No, wake up. I need to drink some water. Right. I need to go outside. Mm-hmm. No, no, we've talked about, I think for me, my most important routine is definitely around sleep. I will continually harp that sleep right. is the foundation of a good day. Sleep is really the foundation. Agree. Um, you know, you spend a lot of your life sleeping, so you might as well make it as high quality as possible. Right. Because uh, taking stoicism to the extreme, right? If in every waking moment you're supposed to, you know, improve yourself and experience self-growth, why limit it to those waking moments? Like, why not be able to improve your sleep habits so you're technically right. improving yourself as you sleep? Exactly. Yeah, for sure. And with improved sleep, you get improved uh, energy, improved drive improved cognitive function everything improves with sleep i mean i would rather get six hours of high quality deep REM sleep mm-hmm. than 10 hours of just waking up every well now and, and, then. and people don't even especially in our generation realize what REM sleep is or the difference between that or um you know and REM sleep and like the different stages of sleep and that's all that's all very important right, right? um you think about just like okay how do i fall asleep quicker or, you know that's what the main concern is but there's so many layers of sleep there's so much that goes into per- improving your sleep performance making right. sure that it's restful um that i think gets underrealized, especially sure. in our generation which we are kind of speaking to and we know we acknowledge that's our audience and so um with it being my news resolution i also want to just talk about the importance of that because it definitely does fall under routine i i definitely agree i mean the beginning of a routine is a good night's rest and then you start the routine and honestly if you build a routine that sets you up for good sleep which is a night routine which is in my opinion one of the least talked about yet most important routines that one person can have that's setting yourself up for success you are guaranteeing high quality sleep while you're awake Mm -hmm. the actions you take before you go to bed for example we talked about blue light Right. And reducing your blue light. Caffeine. Um, caffeine, caffeine right. Um, just stimulation before bed in general. But 
the importance of daily goals and how they set you up for success is each goal is a very small fragment of what you want to be doing. And success is built in small steps rather than giant leaps. Mm -hmm. It's important to climb every rung of the ladder rather than to try and jump up two or three at a time. Exactly. Because if you fall, you're going to fall all the way back down. Right. And I think that, um, you know, you talk about stoicism and you, it really is a daily mindset. Mm -hmm. Um, you wake up and you're, you go throughout the day. I know you sent me a passage from, um, meditations Mm -hmm. that talks about you telling yourself in the beginning of the morning about like people will come and bring you trials. And I think, um, well, that's part of my routine. I don't think that's necessarily part of everybody's routine, but it just speaks to the fact that like you need to, when you wake up, you need to acknowledge the events of your day. You need to game plan for them. And you also need to be prepared for the unprepared. I think an unspoken part of routine is also to realize that not everything is going to happen in your routine. There will be disturbances, but you need to be able to adapt to that, realize that, and embrace it. And and that's the thing is you cannot predict how life is going to go. No. There will be days where you might do nothing in your routine because something comes up, and Mm -hmm. that's okay. Yeah. The human body and mind is built to adapt. We adapt to our environment, we adapt to our own mind, our body adapts. Everything about us is always constantly evolving, bringing me back to the point of stoicism. Right. Um, But I think a big thing about daily goals is highlighting the fact that they're objective versus subjective. Right. So. Well, and that's, I think maybe that's not the case, but that's how it should be, right? Right. Um, And and this is our opinion. We believe it should be. A very objective thing. Nice catch. Um, Opinion-based show. But we, I think that, like, when you talk about daily goals, they definitely need to be clear and precise. They they need to have that objective lens. Yes. Because part of, and this is just basic psychology, part of you being more successful at hitting those goals is you're as clear and precise as possible. Right. If you're vague, you leave yourself um, room to to be under the impression that you're succeeding when in reality you're not right. really meeting that goal. Or you just don't even know what you're actually trying to achieve and how you're going to get there if you're vague. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it's obviously talked about in Stoicism. It's it's talked about for, by many Stoics, you know, the no hesitation, the be clear, no complaints, right. blah, 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 blah. And part of that is the clear and precise because if you know what you're doing, if you set out and you accomplish it, then at the end right. of the day, you can approve of what you have done and a large part of that um one of the big four tenets of stoicism one of the four values is honor right and part of being honorable is approving of what you did and so by being clear and precise throughout the day with both your routine and daily goal you're just one step closer right. to achieving that self-success right and when when everybody defines success differently mm-hmm. but i believe that consistency for everybody in your goals and your routines is the same for everybody now we go about that differently for example if my goal were to lift a certain amount of weight by x day Mm -hmm. i would be consistent about that differently than you may be consistent about making x amount of money by at the end of the month well to me i think that objectivity in your goal leads to subjectivity in your success right Everybody's success is different, and it, it, right. it's one of the things that we talk about. Like, we will keep hammering that everything is about you and how you view yourself. It's not about how others view you. Right. And so when you set those objective daily goals, they matter to you. They are clear to you. 
And so that allows you that when you hit those goals or when you don't, right. you can be subjective about why this happened, um, right. how I got this done, if you got it done, what I can improve on the next day. Mm-hmm. And because goals are important to you, your goal should be very precise and unique to yourself. And because of that, it's very important that you don't just go around telling everybody what your goals are. Right. When you say what you're going to do, you're releasing dopamine into your mind that you've already done it. It's uh, it's uh, self-actualization something, something like, like that. Yeah, and it's good to have confidence, but it's very important to ensure in yourself that you understand that you haven't achieved them yet and to not go around well, telling Well, and everybody. I think there's a difference between confidence and ego, and I think that, um, yeah. you know, we might be sitting up here seeming like we're, you know, perfectionists or we're trying to harp on a message, but one of the, one of the teachings of Seneca, you know, my favorite Stoic, is that, you know, to know your flaws and not let your ego rule you. Ego, in essence, is sort of an emotion, and so it falls under that category is, yeah. of you control it. Um, you don't right. let it control you, right? You have to recognize when your ego is taking over, and... Ego is a very necessary thing because it allows you to make decisions. It allows you to have your beliefs and views. It allows you to just be who you are. It makes you who you are. But when your ego starts and your emotions start to take over your sense of logic, mm-hmm. that is where you start to stray away from stoicism and right. those beliefs. Well, and it's like you said um, right from the onset, right? It's not about you don't have emotions. It's about realizing when it's appropriate to display those emotions. Right. Great leaders have huge egos. They just know how to temper themselves so that that ego doesn't show unless it's necessary to make a decision and instill confidence in whoever you're leading right. by your, you, you yourself having confidence. And then having confidence, I believe, comes with accountability. And if you are confident in yourself, then you are going to be someone who takes accountability for everything that you do. Right. Every single mistake that you make, you're going to say, yes, I made that mistake. Here's where I went wrong. And you're going to fix it. Instead of saying, oh, well, I, w- I was so tired, so I slept in and I did I couldn't go to the gym. No, it's, I was tired. I should have been in the gym. Mm-hmm. And because I wasn't in the gym, I'm probably not going to be as strong today as I could have been. Right. And then you fix it. Well, that's the beauty about routine, right, is that um, if you develop habits, they stick. So you may have that one-off day, but then you realize that it's uh, still a habit you have. And so right. it may be one-off day, but you're much more likely if you have a routine to continue that trend even after you miss a day than if you just say, you know, I'm going to go to the gym today, like every right. once in a while, the next day you miss the gym, you're going to be like, oh, it's just, a, it's just an off day, it's a rest day. Exactly. And this is where I want to shout out to a fellow YouTuber. His at is Maxwell, M-A-X-W-E-L-L, and he is young. I believe he's only 15. And he talks about this example with focusing on consistency more than perfection. We've talked about this previously, but, how, but he gives an example. Let's say you were addicted to smoking weed and your goal was to stop smoking. And so you had a 1,000 day streak mm-hmm. of not smoking. But on the 1,001st day, you relapse. Ultimately, in, your, in yourself, that's going to be that 1,000 days was all for nothing right. because you relapsed. Mm-hmm. But if you look at it from the other perspective that, holy, like that's crazy. I went 1,000 days without smoking weed and I just smoked one day. Mm-hmm. Look at the consist. If you were to make a graph of those days, your consistency is amazing. And you just have one little downward slope and then you're right back up to where you were. Instead of, oh, I failed. Now I have to restart all that was for nothing and focusing on perfection. 
Well, and I think part of it is, you know, you have that mindset within yourself, but then people nowadays are so quick to beat you down for your mistakes. And I think that um, we talk about, you know, taking time to withdraw and be introspective and think about Mm -hmm. your own um, mistakes and realize them in your own mindset versus, you know, the opinion of the common people. It's very valuable because you have people who are so ready to judge you. So if you do something bad or if, like, you know, you, you say you were set out to accomplish this goal and you don't accomplish it, you know, they're going to, they're going to beat you down for that. And they're going to, they're going to be incredibly negative towards you versus there's, you know, there's all types of like, you know, positive reinforcement, negative reinforcement that you can implement on yourself with right. your own mindset when you're, you know, by yourself. But if right. you were influenced by others, they're going to be very negative. Um, there's a large part of society nowadays that doesn't want to see a lot of people succeed because they are not succeeding in those arenas. Right. And right. so uh, you talk about the Maxwell example, and I think that's a it's a beautiful example, but it's also indicative of that, like, especially as you talk to, like, actual, like, you know, like the mainstream um, addictions, right. like, you know, marijuana or other drugs. People are very quick to judge you for that, and they're also quick right. to judge you for your goals. And so it's important to realize that not only are you setting these daily goals like to hold yourself accountable right but also as a fallback so that you can analyze within yourself instead of having other people worry about that for you and taking their opinions too seriously exactly and with with others opinions i i truly believe that the only people that are going to talk down on you are people who are doing less than you and the people who envy you who have less of a sense of purpose in themselves they are going to be the ones to talk down to you. And that's a big thing that Marcus Aurelius talks about. He says, if you're living your life through someone else's soul, you're never going to satisfy your own. Right. Yes, people are going to bash you, and that's okay. I'm not condoning bashing people or talking down negatively. But if you are someone who is afraid of being judged by other people or talked down upon, if you, if, let's say you're just starting a fitness channel and you're afraid of what people are going to say. I guarantee those people clowning on you aren't starting a fitness channel of their own. Right. And you have to do what makes you happy, and you have to take your own path. Well, and you have to acknowledge your own courage, right? Because in my opinion, like, it takes courage just to simply acknowledge that you have flaws and that you want to improve yourself. Like, that takes courage. Right. And, you know, you got to acknowledge, like, you got to acknowledge that and hold that more valuable than the opinions of others. I know Seneca says in um, Letters of a Stoic, he says, clothe yourself with a hero's courage and withdraw for a little space from the opinion of the common man. And those two things go hand in hand, right? If your actions are courageous, if they are brave, if they bring honor, if they meet the values of Stoicism and ultimately achieve the supreme good and um, virtue, then who cares what other people think? Because you know what you're doing is right. And ultimately, the opinion of other people matters less because you yourself know you better than any other person does. And so you have the best judgment of whether that action is good for you or whether it is bad. And so if you judge it as good, that matters a ton of a lot more than any other person's opinion. Agreed. And that's not saying to not listen to others' opinions because some people's opinions may be valuable if they are truly have your best it's it's the, they ha- it's the mentors though it's the agreed mentors. and it's the people that you consider to be your close friends mm-hmm. who truly want to see you succeed your mentors people who may have more knowledge than you in a certain field they will give you their opinion and you should take that and use it as criticism it's all it's all a delicate balance and I would say that um, neither of us really have it mastered I certainly will admit yeah. that I am egotistical at times with um, my intelligence and that shows and that reflects on me poorly but 
it's all a journey and i think that as you you know go to one extreme whether you are like okay you know i know this is good for me and i'm not going to listen to anybody else right or you go to the other extreme where you know you listen to everybody who you think is respectable you eventually right. will find that balance and it's just starting at a certain point and realizing that you are at that point and that you have even a journey to go within your mindset towards stoicism and towards philosophy right. um but just starting at that point is what is really important because yeah. eventually and you will find that balance and recognizing that when where you're at where you're at is taking accountability mm-hmm. right it's being honest with yourself and i believe that is something that a lot of people don't do they they lie to themselves about where they're at and if you lie to yourself how can you be honest with other people as well um with being accountable for where you're at it's very important i personally know that i have so much progress to make in right. this everyone in does. this self-improvement everyone journey. does right and but knowing that is the first most important step if you think that you know everything no, even the wisest of the philosophers had so much more to learn because knowledge is infinite that's the beauty mm-hmm. of knowledge is you can never know everything everyone has a specialty the pursuit of knowledge is what makes life so beautiful is because there's so much more to unravel and i think humility is something that a lot of more people need to have in just under in, including myself at times i'll admit um knowing my place right but being confident at the same time in my potential mm-hmm. it's it's it is knowing your place but like it also is i think the beauty um of society nowadays is you know you have access to a wealth of knowledge free on the internet mm. you have access to public libraries which is another wealth of knowledge right and you have the potential even if you may regard yourself as someone who you're like oh i'm not as smart as the next guy or you know comparing right. yourself to others you still have immense potential because you have access to so many resources and so i think it's realizing right. this is where i'm at now but this is where i can be right all right you ready for the fun section it's got to be the fun section i think we've you know we've hammered the same points home long enough yeah so we've got um we've got a we got a different this one. this oh. is an interesting one but again first if you are new welcome to the channel um we are doing a guest speaker spot giveaway how can you enter into this giveaway? That's a fantastic question. Well, what you can do is you can subscribe to our YouTube, our Instagram, and our TikTok. Go comment on the latest YouTube video. Go and comment on our Instagram post and interact with our TikTok page, and you will be entered in a random selection of a guest speaker spot on our First podcast. First guest speaker. First guest on the podcast. We don't know who it's going to be. You know this yet. podcast is going to blow up. You want to be the first guest on this podcast. We're going places, and that's not ego. That's confidence because I believe the work we've put into this podcast is going to lead us somewhere. All right, let's get into the interesting part. So, recently, um, Lake Superior State University released the banished words of 2023. Top top 10 words. Top 10 words that we anymore. should not be using in 2023. So, let's go over them and let's, uh, you know, let's give them our own banished words. Number one, goat. You know, I feel like it is overused, but I feel like I would rather see goaded on here than goat because goaded isn't even yeah. a word. Goat is not it's even just a word. an acronym. No, goaded. No, so goat is an acronym. So I regard that as a word. And right. It has meaning. Okay. What the? What is goaded? Goaded. Okay. Goaded. That's goaded. I. What think, does that even mean? I think it's that's impl- greatest of all timed. <laughs> that's so dumb. <laughs> I'm guilty of using that word. Both of the words. Okay, but no, I use goat yes, too. Yes. Yes. I don't think goat should be on here. But you goated? think it should be goaded? Yes. That's goat. You're right. 
That's horrible. That's atrocious. That's a terrible use of grammar, and we do not stand for. Misuse we of do not on this condone podcast. or tolerate the use of the word go. Get your vocab up. Inflection point. Really, that surprises me. That's very academic. Yeah, that's something I would see in calculus. That's something I would use for my like extemp speeches. Be like, America's I'm surprised. An inflection you know, point. I don't. I don't have a problem with inflection point. Quiet quitting. That's a workplace term. Yeah, that doesn't really apply here. I mean, we're quiet quitting and doing a podcast, but no. Quite clean. I think it's just it's just bashing like millennials who are quitting. I think I think it's kind of no. ageist. I think I don't, I'm gonna be honest. I don't even really know what it means because I've like, never used it. I don't really know either. But I think it's like people <laughs> just like give up on their job. I think I I, I, I could be very wrong. Don't but me. quiet quitting maybe. Uh, I don't know. Next one: gaslighting. I've I hear this all the time. What's interesting to me is the fall of gaslighting, right? Because Merriam-Webster made it their word of the year in 2022. So how does in one year it goes from the word of the year to now it's like so overused it needs to be banished? Like I do hear it quite frequently. I hear it frequently. I think it's because people misuse it, in my opinion. I think it's because because people misuse it. Or Or they they don't understand fully what it means. Or they think every single, in an argument, they're being gaslighted all the time. I don't know. I, I, I truly couldn't tell you. I do not use it very frequently. Moving forward. That's a good transition. That's a fantastic transition. I feel like moving on is more commonly used. Like, I feel like there's better moving words forward. for each single one. Moving like, forward? Just say, I guess, furthermore. Moving on. Moving on to the next word. Amazing. Amazing. No. That's amazing. Absolutely not. That's amazing that it's on there. Does it make sense? I feel like that one's because, like, people use that sarcastically, you know? Like, if you're speaking to someone who you think is, like, stupid, you're like, you know, does that make sense to you? Like, that would bother me. I would feel inferior. It's, I, it's I about truly the tone. would feel inferior. It's about yes. the tone. And I think it, it, it's like you need to be, it, it's just an indication you need to be more yep. nice to people. Irregardless. That's a big word. That is a big word, and I can't say they're very ac- They're very academic on this list. Who wrote this? Um, Lake Superior States College, Michigan. Wow. I'm not really sure why they're the authority on this. I feel like Merriam-Webster or somebody would be the better authority on this. Absolutely. Oh, no. That was the ninth word. Absolutely. Oh, man. Guilty. Vanished. Vanished. Absolutely. I think... You could be more diverse in your vocab. I I get that one. Just say, for sure. Okay. Just joking. It is what it is. It is what it is. Yeah, I agree with that I think that came from the meme. Probably. It's a huge meme. You know. Enough said. I see that on a lot of bios, I think. If you had a word that you had to banish... In 2023, that you wish you would never hear again, what would it be? Well, when you preface like that, I had a word in mind, and now you like, I don't want to like hear it again. I'll just acknowledge that it's overused and okay. should be banished. Uh-huh. Dog, dog. I use this all the time because, like, in my mind, I banished like bro and bruh like yeah. four, like three years ago. So I use dog now, but now it's just overused. We need to find a new term that's like that. Oh boy, it's in in this day and age, it's going to be something that doesn't make sense at all. And well, that leads me to mine. Well, cap? Are you serious? Cap. Since when did cat mean lie? I don't understand. I only always think it's funny. Have you seen that video where, like, um, it's like a fourth grade test and it's like, what does cat mean? And some, like, it's a, it's a black kid and it's like, you're lying. Like, us. We're, no. we're, we're, Hurting our youth with our vocab. I think slang has taken a turn for the worse. We're just hitting. Do you know how the Stoics talked? It was so elegant. 
so elegant, so... Well, yeah, but they also, I mean, I'm not going to get in a controversial <sighs> issue, but they also had a lot, like, freer education and a lot... Fair enough. ...more opportunity to get educated, you know, Again, get that vocab up, but... I'm very guilty of using the word cap. As a matter of fact, I think I, I used it cap. earlier today, but I try I not to. I don't use cap anymore. My parents started using it, and I feel guilty. That's, you know, when, when you know, Gen Z and millennial slang gets to your parents, I feel like that's when it's time to get banished. That is when things need to stop, yes. Like, I still call my mom dog, and she still thinks that's, like, disrespectful. Okay. Which, you know, that's, like, an indication to me that, like, maybe it doesn't need to be banished. Now, I'm not advocating disrisrespecting your mother. Like, I just, I'm just, <laughs> I would I'm hope very, not. Yeah. I'm very close with my mom, so, you know, I call her dog sometimes. I'm like, okay. dog, come okay. on now. And, She's like, know. what did you say? Exactly. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Or like, I'm not your dog, which kind of hurts. Um, I'm like, it's okay. Dear mama, you're my dog. Yeah, so I think that, you know, it's definitely overused, but I don't think it should be banished. But it was it was my but word. But we can acknowledge it's overused. It was, it was my word. I can acknowledge cap is overused, and I think it should be banished. I think cap should be banished, too. It's been banished from my book. Let us know what you think. Yeah. What word do you never want to hear again? Give Let us, us some words. Know. That's going to open up a can of worms. There's going to be some bad words on there. Give us words, but also give us more ideas for what you want to hear for the next fun section. Because yeah. we, we want to make this unique to you and to our audience. We want to know what you think is fun. Because, you know, maybe talking about cap and dog is not your cup of tea. So give us anything you can think of. Moving on. Moving That's forward. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Banished. Excuse me. Moving on. You're going to have to leave the set. You're going to have to leave the set. All right, well, let's return. I think, you know, we covered routines and daily goals. I think we let's should discuss how it develops. I'll put this in quotes, but guaranteed consistency and success. You know, I, I think so, too. And I also think we should let our listeners kind of in on what we are trying to do. I think it's only fair that we kind of go over our okay. routines and daily goals. I would like you to elaborate. Um, um, put me on the spot. Go for it, man. Um, so again, I'm going to harp on sleep, but I've kind of, and now I don't know if I'm ripping off of any academic places here, but I've kind of, um, developed a triadic day, if that makes sense. So triad three. Right. Um, so I split my days into, I sleep from nine to five, nine in the night that's to a, five in the morning. I think that's a very and good then, sleep schedule. Um, because of my school schedule and the way that it's set up, I can have five to nine usually okay. to work out, do that 30 minutes for a skill, and then I go to school, and that's my other 9 to 5. Okay. And now, this is these aren't exact times, right? But it's just a theory of dividing your day up into three sections of 8. It's structure. 8 it's for sleep, structure. 8 for your job, college, or school, wherever you're at, and then you have two four-hour segments between when you wake up and when you go to work or school, and then when you come home and you go to bed. Okay. And so that's eight hours for you to be productive. Okay, so like deep work you're talking. That's not what you do in your daily life, right. but unique it's something to you. That, it's something that, now I'll acknowledge that school for me is not really that important right now. I, a lot of what I learned is coming outside of school. A lot of where I'm growing is coming outside of school. I think that's just the byproduct of, you know, last semester of high school. I don't, I don't think that's controversial to say. I think, no, that, I think, I think that's, that's fair to say. Because last semester of high school, you don't necessarily go through that academic grinder i know i went through right. an interview with a college today which acknowledged that actually your last year of high school largely is just you doing what makes you happy and what right. you enjoy which not maybe not necessarily be what you're going to learn from it's just something that brings you happiness right which is is great but for me that means that most of my learning of consequence and things with meaning happen outside of school okay but it's important because especially 
it's not a term that a lot of people in our audience will be, you know, well antiquated with, but work-life balance. Work-life balance. Work-life balance may be applying to our okay. audience. School-life balance. Applying equal time to both is great. Right. Ideally, you know, you would get your work done for school or for work at work. Now, in American culture, it comes home with you, which I definitely disagree with, but right. um, that's another conversation. But allowing yourself eight hours allows you the leeway to come home with it a little bit. Mm-hmm. But then set it to the side and you have, you know, six hours to get things done in your life. For sure. And, and that's interesting that you say that you split your day up into three like that because I do not do that in any way. But that's what we keep saying. To each their own. Everybody is unique. you got to Every- find you got to find what works for you. Like, 100%. this has not been something... I've honestly only been doing this for, like, a month and a half. And for me, it's just something that works now. Um, it's it's become well a habit. built into my schedule. But I've tried other things, and they just didn't right. work. So you got you got to have a little bit of trial and error. It's not going to be... It's going to be... I'm struggling to think of an example. But it's like most things in life where you got to try an approach... Mm-hmm. And it probably won't work the first time. If it does, good for you. That's great. And it's funny you say that because it almost reminds me that that part of life is the exact opposite of the structure of school. In school, you learn the lesson and then you take the test. But I feel like in life, you're usually tested and then you learn the lesson after. That's, if that makes that's sense. Deep. And that's deep right there. <laughs> and it, it's, you said work-life balance. And that reminded me of this quote that I heard. It was... It's, it's, I find it hard to comprehend, and I'm paraphrasing here, I find it hard to comprehend that most people have just accepted the eat, sleep, work, entertainment cycle is life. Yeah. And have no interest in understanding the deeper purpose in our universe and our everything. We've just accepted that this is what life is with no intention of further understanding. Well, and we outlined that from the beginning that people... Um, I consider it like the industrial age. Since the industrial age, a large part of like civilized life has just become accustomed to the lifestyle they're given and they're okay with right. it. Versus I agree. thinking deeply challenging stuff, you know, and pushing for higher quality things. Right. Um, for the sake of not really getting into political issues, I'll just leave it at that. But we, but we see a push now, especially from our generation where people right. are like, they're questioning and they're like is this really all that life has to offer right. and i think that that's a very that comes from a place of deep thinking that comes from a place right. of um philosophy and i think that's a really good thing that we're trying to be a part of right now and we've said this before but there's we see a shift mm-hmm. in society and we see it in our people's lives. attitudes yes and i felt that in the past six months I have shifted my perspective on life drastically. No, I can, I can and back I, you up on I that. I know you can say the same. And you you talk about um, deep thinking and seeking knowledge. Mm-hmm. And you talked about in the industrial age that that's when it, it, it started to shift. But nowadays, everything is so accessible. I mean, I've heard this countless times and I've said it myself. Why would I need to learn this if I just had the internet? You know, it, that's the kind of the mindset that a lot of people have adopted. But... I think that's a very toxic mindset. Oh, just because there's an easy solution, I shouldn't keep seeking. I can see why you come at it, because that, that's a very stoic perspective. And I think that um, it's good to acknowledge that stoicism has a lot of you know, errors, like nothing is perfect. Right. Um, and I think that you know the taking the harder path is not um, always the right thing to do. And 
why I say that is because you use the example of um, I have the internet. Why would I go to college? Right. And I've said that to you. I've said that to you. I think times. we've both said it for sure. But I think that is actually part of the wave. I think that people are realizing that institutions maybe don't have their best interests in mind and right. are looking for those easier solutions. Right. Because there's nothing to be ashamed of of finding an easier way. Like the phrase "work smarter, not harder." I think that's a that's a reasonable phrase. Right. It's just not taking it every single step of the way. It's exactly. acknowledging what you can do. And that's that's the part of routine and daily goals is you realize like what you can take a step back and take the easy way out of right. and what is hard work that you need to accomplish. Right, and, and you're totally right. I, I believe that efficiency is critical. Finding ways to work smarter and not harder. The, the reason I use that example is because I feel like with uh, the internet and when you can just look it up uh, is you you lack critical thinking you lack the ability to develop ways of problem solving ways of marginal analysis ways of just solving any challenge that you come across when you just have the answer that already exists all you have to do is look it up but whereas if you approach a problem from what can i gain from this instead of how can i just get around it if that makes sense mm-hmm. but i i do i am all for efficiency and i think that Online education, as a matter of fact, may be, in fact, the future of education. And I say that because I believe it allows more flexibility. I, I mean, I'm a, and I know we're kind of getting away from routines and daily right. goals, but it's a valuable conversation to have. I'm, I'm kind of under the impression until the workforce acknowledges, like right now you see like Southern New Hampshire, you see University of Phoenix, you see the online schools. They get discredited because they're viewed as like the terrible schools that like people who don't really have prospects go to, and so the workforce doesn't really hire them at high rates. Hire them, they hire them, but they don't hire them at high level paying jobs. And so until the workforce adapts its mindset, I don't think it's going to change. I agree. What might change is the cost because we as a society are coming to a collective agreement in America that the cost of education is too high. Yeah. Um, I. I think that many, many people are realizing that. And well, we're certainly with, realizing that with, when we apply to college. And the, it's interesting because I feel like the more people realize that college becomes too high, the more people are going to look at alternative routes and become more creative mm-hmm. and actually awaken to there's more than just college. Right. You don't need college to be successful. Not I feel like no. that was a very common belief pushed on us by previous generations. And that's not to say that college isn't useful. If you want to be a doctor or a lawyer, of course you're going to need to go to college. I mean, it's a pretty big deal. Right. But if you want to be, for example, we want to be on, we're young entrepreneurs. We're striving to start our own businesses and make money in our own way and be financially free. I personally believe you don't need to go to college for that. I think there are many other ways that unique to each individual I are think, better to learn. I think that as part of to kind of tie it back into what we were talking about loosely, what you need to do is you need to have a self-realization process of where you're at and what college does for you. I think college is right for this person but not right for the next person. And so if you go to a college that you know is a good fit for you, um, like the colleges I've applied to, I know are going to be a good fit for me. And so they're worth the cost of attendance. But that's not the case for everybody. So it's it's a self-realization process. And the self, um, it's just a self-review of where right. you're at, what your goals are, what you need, and then you apply that onto the college landscape. And I, 
that's exact that's exactly right and i believe that you f- you discover that self-realization through developing good habits and mm-hmm. through setting goals every day it's consistency as you constantly and are always evolving mentally f- physically however you will start to realize more about yourself than you ever knew one thing i've learned about school was yes the education is important but what's more important that i gained personally was the social lessons about people mm-hmm. about relationships about networking those are the biggest takeaways for me i don't remember the pythagorean i mean i do remember the pythagorean theorem i don't remember much What's of chemistry a squared plus b squared equals c squared i Let's mean go. come on Let's go. but we passed the uh, pre-calc we did pass pre-calc um, colors. but it's interesting because a lot of I, f- I feel like a lot of people can say this what you learn in school you forget about mm-hmm. and uh, and but well and that's and I think we should have an episode on just the school process. I think that's a byproduct of how the American education system works and that it teaches to a test. But, um, you know, I know you wanted to talk about guaranteed consistency, and I don't think you've gotten a fair chance to do that. We kind of got off tangent, so... You, we did get off on a tangent, but I think it was... It's a valuable one. It was And valuable. one to explore a little bit more. Right. Um, but um, I know for you, like I've been saying, like routines and daily goals, I think while they're important to me, they're a lot more important to you that you credit them a lot more. And so i just like you to speak on, you know, guaranteeing consistency okay. well, with the routines and stuff. I appreciate you giving me credit for this. Um, um, the, I think for myself, the biggest thing about routines is I've always struggled to find something that works for me. I always start something and then I give up because I fail. And I'm like, oh, I couldn't be perfect. Ultimately, even today, I am still trying to find something that works for me. And I feel like now what I have, I'll explain what I have in just a moment, but the routine that I have set up, what's changed the most is my mindset. Instead of focusing on the result, I'm focusing on the process. Now that doesn't mean I don't have a clear end goal. Always always keep your end vision and your goal in mind and keep it clear. But what you need to understand is that is a long ways away. You have to climb, like I said, every rung of the ladder first instead of taking giant leaps. So would you say then that um, what you're planning is, so those daily goals are the steps on the ladder, but then you're also advocating for having long-term goals. And so yes. you build your daily goals to have the long-term goals. Yes. Um, so daily goals, the way I see it, is just another way to improve yourself to become more capable of reaching your long-term goal. I'll give you an example. One of my long-term goals is to retire my mom. Mm-hmm. I want to retire my mom put her in a beautiful home where she's comfortable. She never has to work a day in her life. That is clearly in the future, five to 10 years. Again, I don't like timelines and putting a date like you said. Right. But how am I gonna get there? Well, I'm starting off with daily goals. I have started meditating every day. I have started reading every day. I have started praying every day. I have started consistently building habits that are improving my mental capacity that are improving my physical health, mm-hmm. both very important things. And I'm going to use those to learn new skills that are gonna allow me to become financially free so I can do that. You don't want to do too much at once, however. No. The thing about, uh, so like I said, I'm going to explain, what, for example, my morning routine is very simple. I wake up, I take a cold shower, like you were saying, I drink water, I go upstairs and make breakfast, and then I get dressed. Uh, sorry, I misspoke. After drinking water, it's a meditate, pray, breakfast, get dressed, leave. 
the reason that I'm doing this specifically is because I have had self-realizations throughout this process. It's a very hard process, which is self-improvement. It is one of the hardest things that one can do, and that's why many people fail to actually go through with it. And that's why it's one of the most impressive things a person can do. 100%. And I feel like people who have figured themselves out do not get enough credit. No. Not nearly enough. Not nearly enough. And then again, I'm not doing it to get credit from other people. I'm doing it for myself. And that's another thing that a lot of people mistake, and I have been guilty of this many, many times. I'm doing things for the wrong reason. When I started going to the gym, it was for the right reasons. I wanted to improve myself. Then I was like, how can I get more girls? Going to the gym, obviously. I got off in the wrong mindset, and I could tell because my quality of life drastically decreased. Mm -hmm. But then once I was like, I'm not doing this for anybody else except for me, then it started to go up. Beautiful. Well, I think um, we're pretty close to the time we've gotten some good things we've gone over our routines um i think it's we're not really advising a certain routine i think we just went over ours to give examples and i think routine is just what you make of it and it's something that you need to you absolutely i would advise you need to try and find what works for you yes you don't need to have a routine 24 7 i would say no i i think too much structure is a bad thing like too much of anything is bad balance is very important You need to understand that life will beat you down. Life will throw things at you that you couldn't even imagine. Bad days will approach you, and that is inevitable. And because of that, you have to understand that the work that you put in and your routines and the habits that you build are going to prepare you for those moments. Just structure what you can. Exactly. If you miss one thing or another on your list, don't beat yourself up about it. Forgive yourself, but then understand that you must remain consistent and you cannot relapse. Right. Guarantee that consistency yes, um, to yourself through routine. And I think if you have the mindset that you are going to guarantee yourself consistency by holding yourself accountable like we've talked about, beautiful things will happen. Yes. My biggest takeaway for all of you would be don't focus on perfection. Just focus on consistency. You miss a few things here or there, that's better than not doing anything after you relapse for a certain period of time. So just change your mindset, be forgiving, and just be consistent. I completely agree. And on that note, I would just like to say thank you all for listening and taking time out of your day. We hope you have a wonderful rest of your day, night, afternoon, evening, morning, wherever you are. And just take it easy. Be mindful. The Daily Stoic. Shout out my mom. I love you, dog.